Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week, it's Happy by Grant Morrison. My name is Jimmy, and I like computers. <laughs> My name is Jeff, and I hate that each other is not one word. My name is Dan, and I feel that the ideal time for me to be in my prime was 1963. <laughs> that's true. I, that's, that's very it's Dan. It's so true. And I think that you've used that before, and that just goes to show how true it is. It, I, don't, just, I don't think I've used that. You've definitely talked about it. I've alluded to the fact the show, that I'm an, but old, I'm pretty sure an that, old person. That you've used that exact fact, but with a more precise date in the past. I don't know. So it's, so, it's very true. Yeah. I it mean, I just I watched a lot of Mad Men. I've watched it over and over again, and I feel that 1963 is that sweet spot. <laughs> but Mad Men is everything you're not. Just chain smoking, alcoholic, adulterers. Well, it's everything and, I'm not in 2019. But oh, but in, please believe if I was 32 years old in 1963. You're sleeping with everybody. I'd be all those things. I mean, that's true because people are products of their time and where they're from. Yeah. And I would just be I would just be a suave, suave MFer. <laughs> <laughs> you think there was also a lot of not suave MFers in that time. Uh, true. Yeah, that's true. So... So you like all computers? Uh, yeah, I do like computers. I've, I've kind of realized that about myself. <laughs> I love technology. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of realized that about myself because, well, I, I've I've built my own computer. Like, um, I was just always interested in Look it. Look at me! Yeah. I'm William Gates Einstein. <laughs> I built my own computer. A lot of people build their own computers. Um, but I've kind of realized that because I've definitely found myself watching more and more like computer videos and stuff on youtube like I, i'm a I'm wow. pretty big fan of uh linus tech tips he does a lot of videos and uh, that sounds like water torture <laughs> so you're you're like a spec nerd like, yeah no, would... how much ram is in there what's the megahertz see jimmy you have to realize that jeff and i even though we're only a few years older than you we're definitely there's a generational gap <laughs> so for jeff and i we remember when computers came into our house and they were these mystical magical connections oh, yeah. to this Damn, greater world what was the first computer in your home you want me to say like the type no just like what what do you remember about the first computer? our first computer what i remember i was young we did get a computer early it was a hand-me-down from Jimmy's dad. I think it was my com- my first our first computer. Yeah, and yeah. then shout out to uh, Five Star Sean when he was ready to to upgrade to a new computer. He gave us his old one. It was a really old Windows dial-up we had in our family room, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was a connection to a greater world. But what I was getting at is that Jimmy is from the generation where he I'm sure he doesn't remember a time without a computer. Uh, well, yeah, technically my dad got the computer, I think, r- right before or right after I was born. Yeah, so for him, this is just like a toaster. It's just like an appliance that it's been in the house. So, so but- I, ha- I had, like, access to computers before there was one in my home, but my dad's, the first computer that, like, we owned, my dad had a laptop that was extraordinarily large. Yeah, and, we talked about this heavy. for sure. Yeah. The and- briefcase. Yeah, it was like a briefcase, and the screen was orange and black only. That was yeah. it. It was Windows 3.1, <laughs> and I would download pictures of Britney Spears and look at it in orange and black. And it took like 10 minutes to get one picture. It's funny that you mentioned that because I talked about the first computer we had, but that's not the first computer I ever like had an experience with. My uncle's friend Alex had had come in for a visit and brought this gigantic computer with him because he was staying for like three weeks, and he was showing it to me. And um, all I remember is that he had a printer for it, and it printed on that green paper that was all attached. Remember yeah, like the on? strong bed paper. Yeah. So um, strong bed paper. I love how that's. I remember goes. how he spent like all day printing out, you know, zzz, zzz, line by line, a picture, black and white picture of Madonna, <laughs> just her face, not like yeah, a yeah, sexy yeah. picture or anything like that. Yeah. Just just a portrait of Madonna. And I was like, that's crazy. I'm like, what else does this computer do? And he's like. 
it can print pictures of any celebrity. <laughs> like that was his primary use for his his computer. The, yeah. the first time I had like experience with the internet, my friend Steve, his both of his parents were um like graphic designers in the early nineties, and they had two computers in their house. What? They were both apples. Ooh. And I, I just thought that they're like computers. You go on there and you type stuff. Like I've seen computers like that Mm -hmm. and i called him one day i was like hey do you want to go ride bikes and do kid things that we do and he was like i can't i'm talking to my friend i was like yes you're talking to me he's like no in utah and i was (laughs) like what are you talking about and he was like come over and i'll show you the internet there was a chat room that he was in like talking to his friend and there was these little like cartoon icons it was like the net with sandra bullock yeah it was, was uh, it blew my mind. What was the first computer game that you guys have played? Mine is probably one of the early ones is Dan got Virtual Springfield for That's not uh, even that early, PC. Jim. Yeah. I no, bet you me not. and Jeff have the same oh, yeah. one. One, two, three. Impossible Oregon Mission. Trail. Oh, oh wow. Oregon Trail was, is a good one that too. That was yeah. pre Oregon Trail for me. Because really? my my uh I had an aunt and uncle who had just this old computer at the time it was new but they had a floppy disk with impossible mission they (laughs) had jeopardy which was a banger that was super fun yeah and they had a game where you played chess and the pieces battled each other (laughs) it was dope yeah that's probably fun but you can't really beat a game that tells a five-year-old child you've died of dysentery no i played that in school all the (laughs) oh yeah i played that That a lot carmen san diego where in the world was she you never knew that was the fun (laughs) all right we've been talking about computers a lot yeah (laughs) jeff did we get any reviews this week yeah we got a couple we got a tweet from a friend of the show brett who we've mentioned before because he regularly tweets at us and you can too at talk me into um he tweeted in reference to my sexy unabomber halloween costume which was posted on twitter (laughs) and you should go look at it if you never want want nightmares to men again uh, he says, I was at this party and remember this costume vividly. It was also my first time ever going to a party at Tom's house. And I remember thinking expletive deleted. It's that kind of party. I should have wore a different costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Jeff blew a lot of people's minds at that party. Yeah, it was uh, still talked about. It's a party of legend. And Jimmy, I think we got an email. Oh, yeah. And if you feel so inclined, you can also send us an email at talkmeanto at gmail.com. But we got an email from Dakota, which keep, which keep going. <laughs> Dakota W, let's say. Yeah. Whatever your last name is, pal. Thank you. Thank you for sending us an email saying, I came across your guys' podcast about a week ago. A week ago, a week ago. And so far, <laughs> out of all it. the podcasts I listened to while at work, you guys are easily my favorite. I've gone through almost all of your podcasts. It's just good content. You all work great together. It's Keep e- up the good work. It's easy to be the best podcast when we're the only one that you listen to at work. I assume, right? Why? I listen to like 20 podcasts at work. I listen to none because <laughs> I have to watch TV for a living. But if you guys want to hear your comments read on our podcast, make sure you send them in. You can be podcast celebrities Ooh. like we are. Everywhere I go, people are like, there's that podcast guy. Look at him. <laughs> I mean, you do look like a podcast guy. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a white man in America. With a beard. I legally have to have a podcast. This is the part of our podcast where we talk to each other and the audience about things we're talking ourselves into. It's not happy. That's for later. We'll get there, guys. It's smaller, little things, maybe things that aren't really important, but it's just something we're experiencing in our life. Some things we're not very proud of. And that's where I'm at this week. Uh-oh. I, uh, I've been talking myself into Arby's. Oh, no. <laughs> that's gross. Jeff. I'm so hungry. I could eat at Arby's. So it's disgusting and I'm not proud of it. And it's shameful. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if I should bring this up because we're on record on this show talking about how we love good cuisine we've made two cook with us videos and i think one of your talking yourselves into was about like not eating takeout as much yes it was <laughs> so uh Arby's doesn't count uh i i started a new job a few months ago it's been going good i've i usually bring lunch and it's fine 
but sometimes I don't, or I'm just like, I don't want what I have. So I go out and the area isn't really like densely populated. You kind of have to drive to get anywhere. And there weren't great options. And after like two months, I'm like, I don't want to get this disgusting sandwich at this gross deli anymore. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I can also go left at the light and, and not get a right. disgusting sandwich at a fast food place. Well, so here's the di- the ding. Here's the ding. Here's the ding. Um, so if you go the other way, there's a plethora of fast food. Now, we've talked about fast food in the show before. Taco Bell recently brought up. Yeah. There's a Taco Bell near me. Yeah. It's gross, but I eat it. There was an Arby's. And I was like, oh, God, this is just this is just a. I'm, I just want diarrhea. It's just poop fuel. Exactly. So I go there and I order a brisket sandwich. Now, it's not good brisket, but I got to tell you, it is like the best fast food sandwich I've ever had. Really? Which isn't like great. Like you're the top it's going to get is like a four out of ten. Like yeah. Maybe like that's that's. But like for fast food, I'm like, yo, this is like there's like fat on here. It's like not bad. Mm it's shameful okay like it's very shameful i'm not proud of this i want to pull back the curtain a little bit and get a little inside baseball sometimes when we talk about products on here i'll occasionally reach out and see if we can get some free swag oh boy i don't know if i want to do that because i don't know if i want a greasy sack of roast beef mailed to my door for jeff (laughs) so if i if arby's hears this just send it directly to jeff (laughs) yeah if arby's hears this and they're like Arby's is gross. I'm ashamed that I eat it. I'm sure I mean, they'll be happy. I mean, you did just it. call it the best fast food sandwich. I'm it sure is. they'd be happy with that. It is. I mean, it's still like not good, but like, I don't know. Like, who actually, li- there are people who like fast food burgers and stuff. I don't. Like, I eat them all the time, but they're not good. Yeah, I know, know exactly what they are. I know one famous person who's a big, huge fan of Arby's. The president of the United States of America. I mean, I wasn't going to go there. I was going to go with someone a little bit smarter than him literally anybody else wendy the slow adult <laughs> oh she likes arby's from the howard cern show she eats at or arby's just, oh no never mind underdog lady loves arby's okay we're getting really deep into the <laughs> whack pack right now but let's just say that jeff like members of howard cern's whack pack loves arby's it's so funny that you say that because i listen to a podcast that's very howard stern-esque and they just had a uh, whole episode that was kind of devoted to um arby's kind of because they they like to do like taste tests and stuff because their fans hate it because they're just like smacking their lips and stuff on oh, the yeah, microphones and stuff it's great to do which is fun but <laughs> they just recently found out that arby's has a secret food item that's like i don't remember it's like the mountain of meat or something like that oh. and it's like crazy jeff looks very <laughs> interested but he ate that and then he said that i'm gonna go vegetarian after this because i feel disgusting oh and it's, so it's far so bad. he's he's been vegetarian for like two weeks because of it i wrote this talk me into down like two or three weeks ago uh, we're recording a little later than we planned on and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna talk about this i don't know if i'll ever go again like i went twice and then I wrote this down and I've been like two or three times since, oh, and, boy. but it's like the last time I went, I, I almost had to like go home because you, you get on these so gross. weird food obsessions though. Like for a while you were on the chili cheese dog only diet. I, I mean, that's still great, but there's not chili <laughs> cheese dogs around me. So now you're on the Arby's diet. Well, it's, it's just, it's so quick to get to where it works. Will you agree with me that you do get very cyclical with your food desires? Well, no, it's because. It's just where I go. Like at my last job, I had easy access to chili cheese dogs. Okay. I don't now. That's interesting. Jimmy, <laughs> what are you talking yourself into? So this is a little, not, I wouldn't say irrelevant. Uh, irrelevant. Yes, irrelevant. Both of those we got ones there. you said. Are <laughs> it's also not unrelevant. Yeah. Um, by the time this comes out. But um, I've been playing a game. Prelevant. Called, called, uh, <laughs> called Death Stranding. And what this game is is the the dude who made that game pt that you guys so hated on uh game grumps we never played it but we hated watching it. you hated watching it but he made he finally has made his um his debut game for his new uh, game company called death stranding and it's starring norman reedus i was gonna say i've seen the cover artwork yeah it's starring norman reedus and it has a whole bunch of celebrity cameos in it um guillermo del toro is in it uh, I love how celebrities are just characters he's, in games now. Like, that's how good yeah. graphics have gotten. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And now they'll actually say, like, starring so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, his voice is not in it, but his likeness is in it. Oh, oh that's even uh, weirder. Yeah, So, no, like, they don't have weird. to do anything. They literally yeah. just market their likeness. Well, he's talking about Guillermo del Toro. 
Yeah. Nor- Norman Reedus, I'm oh. sure, is doing the voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Guillermo del Toro is an actor. I've seen Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also, um, oh, Conan O'Brien is also in this game, which is That's weird. a strange choice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he was in Japan or something, and he was visiting because he does some gaming stuff on a show now, apparently. And uh, yeah, so Conan O'Brien's on um, in this game. But so far, it's it's a very strange game. I can only describe it as you're basically playing you're playing as a post-apocalyptic delivery guy who is going across the country to kind of unite the country because there's this kind of rift where when people die, they don't fully die unless your body is burned. And if your body isn't burned, it will explode and you'll be stuck in like this inner between dimension thing where you'll start getting it's very weird so are you playing as norman reedus yeah you're playing as Norman. the other day i'm scrolling through netflix or a streaming service i don't remember and i just keep seeing all these different zombie shows and movies Mm. and i was like i used to be like big into zombies but they're just so overdone and there's nothing unique coming out recently Mm. that i've Mm. seen like i've seen some fun takes on like you know Shaun of the dead when that came out or fido or like these other different takes on zombies and i was like that doesn't happen anymore. What you just described sounds like the coolest take on undead I've heard in a very, very long time. It's really cool. Yeah. It, the whole thing about this game is that it's not the gameplay isn't like super fun. It's made by the same guy who did uh, Metal Gear Solid, which is kind of like a stealthy game. Um, so there is a little bit of stealth to this, but the gameplay is basically just walking across the, across the country, making sure that your packages don't get destroyed. Um, and you're also avoiding like these like sort of undead so you're not fighting interdimensional them. you're just you can, avoiding them you can you can fight them but wow. it's uh it's probably not the best thing to do because it depends on like your what your, your loadout is and stuff so it's but, uh, like night of the living dead meets paperboy for nes kind of yeah That's it kind cool. of is yeah <laughs> i'm a cowboy yeah um but yeah i've been really liking it so far the world and the environment is just like amazing i've been really liking it Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week? Do. I'm talking myself into going back to hardcore shows. Oh. Oh, Which is very frightening for me. Which is fun because next week we're going to one together. And that's why I bring it up because I've been really like motivating myself to go see (laughs) Touche Amour, which is a band that Jeff talked us into. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to Worcester, Mass to see them with Law Dispute. Yes. Very psyched because I haven't seen Law Dispute yet. I'm very excited, but I'm also very nervous. Just sit up in the balcony like you did for Bane's last show. Yeah, I don't want to. I want to get more into it. I didn't feel as engaged with the Bane show as I wanted to. Oh, I was very engaged. Yeah. It was (laughs) an amazing night. So I want to get physical. I want to like, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I share the sentiment because because since my gout knees, I (laughs) I haven't been in that situation like even when i saw gogol bordello i was like kind of standing towards the back and it's yeah. not the same well and i wasn't great at shows even in my youth like i have some issues with uh like claustrophobia and just like yeah i get that it's a it's yeah. a it's a very overwhelming feeling to be in a huge massive oh, people yeah. you feel like i'm a control freak i'm a nervous person and you have no control in that environment like no Anything can happen. You yep. can get punched in the face. You can fall down. Like you get mule kicked in the balls. Yeah, that's happened, happened to, to Jeff. <laughs> yep. Um, we saw Hostage Comms last show, and then you went. You we were like, "I'm gonna go up front," and then like five minutes later, you're like, "It was too much." Is that yeah. crowd actually like rowdy? Yeah, I, they I know were they're like hardcore well, kids, but not like, like crazy, the music but... isn't. When they play their last show in Connecticut, and they start bringing out all the old hardcore songs, okay. and a lot of their old fans are there, it, it was pretty rowdy. Hostage Comms, by the way, did our theme song yeah. for us. Yeah. Shout out. We didn't take it from them and ask them permission. <laughs> they made it for us. It was very strange though because they're playing like the m word which is basically like a harder like a beatles song yeah. basically and like people are moshing to it yeah <laughs> it was weird so anyways so i'm trying to uh get my excitement level up and uh i'm gonna take some extra lexapro <laughs> just just soothe, you're old. soothe out my nerves well you're well, that's the other thing is i'm like physically like i'm in better shape than i have been in a long time but i'm also 32 <laughs> so i can't really like go too crazy i don't want to like have to miss work on the next week but yeah. you're also playing a hardcore show that's another thing yeah and like even when i played shows i was not great at them i would like hang out outside <laughs> until it was my turn to get on stage and then i would immediately leave i mean that's what i did too because i don't drink and yeah i'm just like eh, i'm bored i just want to play music but when's this episode coming out uh it's uh second week in december oh second well, week <laughs> second week in december then it already happened but Anyways, I was going to invite everyone to go see my old high school band. 
or after high school. You can plug it in ben. for uh, our next episode. Yeah. So check out When Freedom Dies, our <laughs> reunion show, playing in Connecticut. It's, if you live in Connecticut, it's going to be my wife's first hardcore show. Oh yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Am I still shooting this? Yes. Oh, okay. Thanks for the update. Yeah, the whole podcast will be there. <laughs> I'll be on stage playing. Jimmy will be filming, and Jeff. I'll be protecting my wife in the back. <laughs> yeah. And who knows? Maybe called up on stage to do some guest vocals. Yeah, I know It's going to be several times. We had a 13-second song that we used to force Jeff to sing all the time. <laughs> yep. Whenever I heard the cue, I had to just <laughs> drop up. everything. I had to look up, put my hand up, and a mic would just fly into it. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm trying, to get, trying to get myself hyped up for hardcore shows. That's good. I like it. Yeah. So one of the cool things about talking myself into going to hardcore shows and specifically this Touche Amore show that if you're listening to this, we've already gone to and right. I could be dead from a moshing related accident. <laughs> you likely had a very fun time and walked away with some minor bruising. Home. Uh, but one of the cool things is we are getting a firsthand experience of the success of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Jeff and I are going to Touche Amore with a talk me into listener who only listens to Touche Amore because of Talk Me Into. Oh. Yes, I feel so proud. Like, I, like I am in the band. And Shout I out to you. Jess. She is our podcast daughter. <laughs> we have given birth to her and her love of Touche Amore. So we're going, Jeff. We are going. And yeah. Jimmy, you were supposed to go too, but I think you're wussing out. No, I, I'm not wussing out. I had plans that day. You had wah, plans wah. that day. I've been talking about it for months, Jim. Friendsgiving. I'm sorry. Friendsgiving. Uh, Why don't you go? This is our Friendsgiving. Jeff's like one of my only friends. <laughs> yeah, you you are my only friend. Sorry, so, Jim, but you're my only friend. Dan. We will get food somewhere <laughs> on the road on the way to to Massachusetts, and that will be our Friendsgiving. Yeah, we could stop at cute. an Arby's. And it kind of works out because you always invite extended family to your Thanksgiving, so we'll yeah. invite Jess to our Friendsgiving. There yeah, extended our friend. Podcast daughter. Podcast daughter. I hate it. Thank you. Okay, boomers. So this. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping somebody was going to do it today. You should that... say you should have done it when uh, a couple episodes ago when my dad and my uncle were here. Yeah. The um the meme is going to be dead by the time this comes out. Oh yeah, probably. Huh. Yeah. Whatever. It's funny now. So this week we are doing a comic that Dan kind of talked me into a long time ago <laughs> and then gave is, up on and forgot yeah which is kind of funny because uh he was talking about it on their old podcast ic3 um it's basically a it's a mini series by uh grant morrison grant morrison thank you i keep wanting to say uh garth ennis, garth ennis. you can't He's remember British that people. either <laughs> but um so basically it's this uh it's mini series that's about this dude who He's kind of like a a rough and tough cop, uh, sort of. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it. He's pretty corrupt. Yeah, he's like a corrupt cop. And one day, all of a sudden, he sees this weird imaginary donkey. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. It's very weird. There's also a TV show adaptation to this as well, which um, the donkey's portrayed by Patton Oswalt. Um, so it was a comic, and I really like the comic. I don't really know how else to talk about it. <laughs> you wow guys. you you're i'm i'm convinced you talked me into it let's just skip over why else. don't we help jimmy out by saying what our level of exposure is to yeah happy. dan what is your level of exposure to happy as i heard you talked jimmy into it uh, yeah several years ago so it's a four issue miniseries that came out i don't know 2010 2012 around, i 2012. just saw you have your issues out yeah so i found that i had purchased all the issues mm-hmm. i only read i think the first two yeah and i remember enjoying it but at that time, I was like way behind on comics and sort of like getting out of comics. Yeah. So I never finished it and I've never read it since. And uh, I'm interested. Like, I remember liking the first issue, but I think I just got overwhelmed by wh- what was going on in my life. So yeah. now knowing that it's only four issues, I- I'm like more excited to sort of sit down and like commit to finishing it. Mm-hmm. I also kind of had a similar reaction with the TV show. Like, I remember yeah. watching the first episode and thinking like it was pretty good, but kind of boring and also wondering how they're going to make a whole show out of four issues. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in for this. Like, okay. I, I feel like I'm kind of going along with you, but I don't have as, as much knowledge or like, I'm mm-hmm. not sure about how it's going to nail the ending and stuff. So, yeah, I read it probably like a year or two ago, um, but I really liked it. I guess the kind of concept is that the imaginary friend is a little girl's um so he has to because the imaginary friends like she was 
trapped or she's kidnapped or whatever. We have to find her. And then obviously this like corrupt cop is like, uh, what am I hallucinating or something? Like what's happening? And like, it's sort of like a whole plan, like what's real, what's not. And and if memory serves, Happy is the name of the imaginary flying donkey, right? Yes, I believe that's correct. So Jeff, wh- what's your level of exposure to Happy? Uh, well, it's a song by Pharrell. Um, no, uh, that was parodied by Weird Al. Yes, yeah, called Tacky. I was exposed to this, as Jimmy said. Uh, I was the ringleader of our last podcast, IC3, and we were talking about every comic that came out. You know, there were several, several hosts of that show, and we all came to the table with our own issues we wanted to talk about. I remember Dan Global Brink. Warming was an issue we talked about. Huge issue. Like, if only they had listened to us, right? We Venice knew. would be dry. We knew. Oh. <sighs> Thanks, Obama. So Dan brought this to the table. And at the time, I wasn't really interested in it. Um, the The story didn't sound great. I don't remember like what our conversation was, but also I'm not like super into Grant Morrison. I know everybody got hard for him for a while, but I've never been like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge Grant Morrison fan either. I think he's like, had a couple miss. good things. Yeah, he's, but... he's fine, but I'm not like a super fanboy. Um, I was of Bendis for a very long time, which is like his Marvel counterpart mm. at that time in uh, comics. But yeah, so I never read it, was never interested. It was just four issues. Um, I forgot who did the art. Was it Derek Roberts- Robertson who did the boys as well? Oh, you're killing me. Here. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure. We came super prepared for this episode. Yeah. But maybe like six months ago, I watched the entire first series on Netflix. So like I've seen the show. Mm-hmm. So you're not it- British, Jeff. You watched the first season. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> You are correct. Stupid anglophile. Um, I was w- with the show. I was actually surprised that I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, Christopher Maloney did a great job in. Yeah, that he's really good in role. that show. Um, yeah, but that that's what I know. So the comic haven't read. I might hate the comic having liked the show, mm. and I didn't like love the show, but it was fine. I put it on every now and then. Weird Al's going to be in the second season. I don't know if it aired yet. That's weird. I can't even believe they're making a second season out of a four. Yeah, it's very, comment. it's very strange. I'm, I'm assuming they're just gonna go like well, straight up. Well, also, like, since I didn't follow it, and I'm not in the comics world anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, was there another miniseries? Was did more come mm, that's out? That's a good point. I have no idea. Yeah, no I'm not clue. sure. No, we don't know anything. Jimmy doesn't even know. <laughs> Jimmy's like, yeah, let's do happy. This is great. Talks for one minute, and me and I've watched the entire show. Dan's read half of it. Who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> We'll see. We'll find out. Like what if we it. talk ourselves into happy and Jimmy's like, I hate this. I was I was shocked that like because the show's on sci fi mm-hmm. and I was like, that's weird. But it's it's a graphic show and it's pretty, pretty yeah. adult themed. I agree. It seems like it. So, Jeff, what you're saying is you're going to talk us into the show while Jimmy talks us into the comic. <laughs> is that what's happening? Yeah, let's let's go for it. But um. Okay, so th- so now <laughs> this is where we are after the edit. I said a spoiler by accident that I didn't know was a spoiler. So, Jim. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> I guess we're just going to read the whole thing, right? It's yeah. four issues. Might as well. Can I we have the, the trade. first three pages and see if I want to finish. <laughs> yeah. I have the trade. Dan has the actual single issues. You going to let me borrow it? Yeah, you can borrow oh, it at some point. God, I don't want to buy it. Yeah. Um, I don't have it right now, but I can let you borrow it, at, it at another time. Come on, Jim. <laughs> All so right. we're going to read those, and I'm going to find out if these guys like it. I don't know. Maybe You're going to find like out it. if you like it. I don't think you remember it. I you, think you just picked a series, and yeah. we're like, let's do this. You guys should read it, too. I'm sure it's available on Comixology. This is also, we're on our second week of December, guys. This is very Christmassy. Ooh. Oh, that's true, too. I just love how some Talk Me Into episodes are so passionate that we bring relatives yeah. <laughs> to just like to hold our weight and to help us talk Jim into this, and some are just like, "Yeah, we'll we'll do this shit, whatever it is." I don't. Yeah. Care. We, we'll he do read it, it six months ago. He liked it. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. Hope you guys did. Bazinga! Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> That's also gonna be a dead meme by then. <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Did you read Happy like we were supposed to? Yep. The okay. end. Cool. We had two weeks to do it. I'm glad we all did. We all read four issues in two weeks. That's all I did. <laughs> didn't go to work. Didn't eat. Didn't you just sleep. just poured over those four issues. One word an hour. Every panel. <laughs> One word an hour. <laughs> it. I see think, in an hour. <laughs> I think mathematically it would take longer than two weeks to do that. There's some verbose parts in there. All right. So uh, issue one. 
we're introduced to Nick Sachs. This yes. is the the cop. By the way, we're gonna be, we're gonna be spoiling happy. spoiling the hell out of it. And uh, you know, there's some adult themes in here. So mm-hmm. if you get triggered by things, um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of messed up stuff in this comic. Very bad stuff. Jimmy's might have to beep a lot of stuff because. Well, do your best, Jeff. I guess instead of saying <laughs> ass. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> we can just say no, no parts and butts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't really remember a lot of those words in there. Mostly F words. It starts well, off well, one of the first. Really, the first thing I wrote down was <laughs> versus and dicks versus assholes. Yeah, but that's not integral to the plot of the comic. There's so much. Well, <laughs> I mean, got to do. yeah. So you have these two mafioso jabronis walking down the street. <laughs> And they run into a disheveled Santa Claus who you just think is a Santa Claus who later you find out is more than just a Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So then Nick Sachs walks into, uh, well, I guess you don't see it from his perspective. You see the the John that's dressed up like a cockroach. Yeah, yeah. So basically there's a guy dressed as a weird cockroach insect thing. Yeah, what is happening? And he's he's being filleted by by a prostitute. Dressed as an angel. Yep. And then he he raises a hammer. He's about to bash her head while he's getting head. So, like, you would think maybe don't do that because, like, you might get bit unless that's his thing. I don't know. Maybe. You're diving a little too deep here. The point is, is that shot he, in the head. he was about to murder this lady and then he gets shot in the head, zooms out. We find out it's our hero. <laughs> our hero. <laughs> Not him. The guy doing the shooting is our hero. Yes. The yes. Former detective, now hitman, Nick Sachs. Yeah. Um, I just realized there's literally just a panel of just jizz. <laughs> I didn't realize that yeah. until now. Wow. That's awesome. So edgy. Thanks, Derek Robertson. Just what I needed. Um, so then, you know, we find out uh, about the Fratelli brothers, which in Italian just means the brothers brothers. <laughs> um, and they're like the mob guys. And Nick goes and kills them all. So he thinks. Well. He does, but the funny thing about it is that um, they're there to kill him. Yes. Because he has been paid to kill them, and he figures out that the easiest way to get them all in one room... (laughs) Is to basically take a hit out on himself. Yeah, he hires them to kill him. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Yeah. uh, I wonder if that ever happens in real life. I don't Mm, know. It's pretty risky. (laughs) (laughs) They don't usually just show up in a room. It's usually like... You know, we'll, get well I mean, far. he also does want to die as we find. Yeah, out he also this. doesn't care. And yeah. he's also pretty good at killing people and they're not so good at killing people. Right. Yeah. So one yeah, of, he gets shot in the arm and stuff. So he kills uh, most of them and throws one out a window who survives. Um, so that's kind of like he's in trouble because now they know that he like. Supposedly, the last remaining brother had a password to a secret to, cache to a of mafia money. Yes. And. The world believes that he said it before Nick Sachs killed him. Yep. Um, so everyone, the mafia and the corrupt police force is off after Nick Sachs. So just first impressions about halfway through the first issue. Mm-hmm. I think that the writing. Do you want to get to the cliffhanger at the end of the first issue? Well, not yet. I just want okay. to say like at this point in the story, the writing and the visual storytelling is kind of sloppy. Like, I'm very good at following comics. You know, some mm-hmm. people aren't. Some people kind of like don't really know what direction to read them, the way that the the bubbles work. Um, I'm good at it. I've read quite a few comics and I just think it's kind of sloppy. What a cool humble brag. Um, I'm good at reading comics. I can read it. Well, no, my point is, is like some people, they don't like this medium. I got you. So it can mm-hmm. be confusing if you don't know. And, and when so, I've introduced people to comics. Some, sometimes there are comics where they purposely play with that for people who like comics because yeah. it's fun. It's new. It's exciting. It, keep, it pulls yeah. you in more. And that those kind of comics can be confusing for new readers. But this doesn't do that. And I just think it's a little... It's not great for such a big name in comics. People who aren't you know, huge comic fans, Grant Morrison is a huge name in comics. Yeah. He's like a superstar. Yeah, I didn't have that issue personally. Like It could be because years ago I had read the first two issues. But um, yeah, I didn't notice that. Did you find it to be sloppy, Jimmy? Um, I kind of did. It was kind of hard to figure out what was going on. But I think that just kind of goes to show this dude's life. I don't think he quite He's knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah, but also I was also trying to separate 
because I did see the show, like I said, separate yeah. the show from this. And I think the parts that I didn't understand, my brain filled in because I saw the, show. saw the show. So had I not seen the show and I was just reading this, I might not have any idea what was going on for most of it. Like there are some things that are obvious, mm-hmm. like John's about to kill a prostitute. He gets killed. I get that. There's like the yeah. shootout with the mob guys. I get that. But at this point in the comic, I don't think it's very well put together. Um, I, I would agree with that, at, at least the, the beginning of this issue. Right. And, and we were introduced to Mr. Blue, who's kind of like the, the head mafia guy. Mm-hmm. I would I would sort of agree with you in that the one thing I do think is a little sloppy about this first issue, and I think this becomes problematic later on as well, is um what's important and what's not. Right. Because yeah. it feels like it's written like a Tarantino movie. And sometimes it's hard to tell what of the dialogue is important because a lot of this first issue, a lot of it's just a lot of just a lot of details. Yeah, it's but not, that don't a lot matter. of it. Yeah. You could basically like besides the last part, which we haven't talked about yet, you could compress most of this issue down to like a corrupt cop hitman kills some mafia guys and maybe finds out a password to a fortune. Mm-hmm. Right. And throughout this, you see the silhouette of Happy, which is the imaginary friend, just like in the background a little yep. bit. But he's not really in this first issue a whole lot. Well, we should delve into the ending. So okay. during this shootout, during during <laughs> uh, Nick Sachs gets shot in the chest. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yes. But through this whole like craziness that's going on, he suffers a heart attack and he gets put into an ambulance mm-hmm. and he's at, put on drugs. Yeah, he's put on drugs. And all of a sudden. He starts to maybe hallucinate. Right. So he thinks that he's hallucinating when he sees his imaginary friend. Which is taking the shape. Do we actually see a shape in issue one? I can't remember. I don't. Yeah, we do. At the very end, the, right? Like the yep, last at page. the very end. Yep. Yeah. So, so 25% of the story called happy doesn't have happy in it. Yeah. Uh, more than 25%. Uh, or I guess. But I would a, say it's around like. It's a cool introduction, yeah. though. Yeah. Zach yeah. hears something on the roof of the ambulance. And then it like comes through the ceiling and it is a small, like, I would say like maybe the size of a large fist or like a ball. So uh, since yeah. this is um, an audio podcast, uh, the art is very dark intentionally, mm-hmm. um, very dark, gritty, down yeah. to earth. Derek Robertson also drew the boys. So right. Familiar so familiar with that. Yeah. Um, and then this bright blue cartoonish flying he's a horse. small i think he's more of a donkey with, yeah, yeah with a with a unicorn yeah. horn well, and wings basically happy, happy the horse yeah but anyway he shows up so it's a very very uh bright contrast it's a juxtaposition yes. of a crazy cartoon character living in a somewhat more realistic world. so then uh going into chapter two as they call it it's directly off the heels of the first issue when he's had a heart attack he's been injected with you know painkillers sedatives sedatives mm-hmm. all that um and then he wakes up and he's trying to escape the hospital. And the first half of this issue mm. is a giant action scene. Because yep. Happy wakes him up, mm. which right. sort of puts him beyond the realm of hallucination. Like, they're starting to already show that he has he has some form of interaction with the real world because Sax is unconscious in a hospital bed. So there's no way he could know the things that Happy tells him. Right. Yep. Which are that, and no like, one else can see Happy. Yeah, no one else can see or hear happy, but he's telling Sachs things like, you've been drugged, you're in a mob-controlled hospital, they're coming here to get you. You have to get out, you have to escape. Mm -hmm. And then furthermore, as Jeff alluded to, it becomes this sort of great escape out of this hospital as guys are coming at him and he's having to take them out like one one by one with like any tool at hand and happy is helping him saying like there's a guy yeah, coming on the to left, your left yep. and watch out for this he's got a knife stuff like that and it's brutal he's straight up murdering people smashing their faces in with whatever he can yeah he, the he, worst panel for me is when he takes the scalpel and yeah. rams it into the guy's upper palate Ugh. yeah yeah um but then he's so he's trying to like wake up so he grabs hot coffee and just starts downing boiling hot coffee to yeah try to, <laughs> try to wake up um then the second half of the issue, um, they need money to get where they're going. So they decide to go join this uh, card game that's going on with some big baddies. And So, so I want to interject a little bit because um, I think this serves two purposes, but I do think it goes on for too long. But the first purpose mm-hmm. is um, to get money, like you said. Happy thinks that it's so they can go rescue Haley, which he's starting to explain in this issue 
who he is. Happy is uh, the imaginary friend of a little girl who has been kidnapped Kidnapped. and is in trouble. And he doesn't know why, but only detect what his first name is Nick, right? Nick Sachs can see him. So anyways, he's trying to encourage Sachs to go with him to rescue Haley. And I think he thinks that that's what's going to happen. But Sachs is gathering money so he can just get out of town because he knows that the mobsters are going to the mobsters are going to kill him and the cops probably want him too. yep. We also do have an introduction too of um I don't remember her name. Um It's a really weird British name. Yeah. His former partner. Yeah, yeah his Mar- former partner. Uh, Mer- yeah. I think it's like a f- spelling of Meredith or something. Something like know. that. Yeah, yeah, Meredith. I think of her as Meredith in my head. Okay. Um We're going yeah, with Meredith. Yeah, we do get um an introduction of her. I think she might be even in the first issue too, but um Yeah, she's, she's like lurking outside the building when Sax has his heart attack she's his former partner yeah we We don't get a lot more than that right now yeah not in this issue so so happy helps helps him cheat at cards at a poker game like a high stakes illegal poker game and he wins and it's like literally half the issue is just a bunch of talking that doesn't matter yeah so the other purpose that this serves is to show us the rules of happy like in other words what we were just explaining that um, Sack says, like, if you really exist, tell me what the other guy's card hand is. Mm-hmm. So, and he does. So, obviously, like, he can interact with the world, but the world can't see or hear him. Yeah. So, th- like you said, that basically gives the rules of happy and that that's setting this universe. But I totally agree with Jeff that it goes on for way too long and there's, like, unnecessary backstory. I didn't read half the words. And that's like it's I fine. It's not bad. No, but no, no. It, but it's like not it, integral to the story at all. No, it doesn't matter. It's just a lot of swearing, just for swearing sake, and just like guys like acting tough around each other. Yeah, and but trying for to intimidate. like twelve pages in a row. Yeah, like I get that. You, oh, you set up these guys are tough. You don't mess with them, and then nothing then comes going. of it. He no. he kills everyone he at the table them off mm-hmm. off panel, which is fine. They just like change and like, okay, he killed them all. Yeah. And then that's. Yeah, it did kind of seem like they were trying to fill out the issue. I don't know why they did it like that, but. But you have to think when it's a four issue miniseries with no plans to further this at all. Why have filler? Mm -hmm. You should just have content for four issues. I agree. I I don't know. It just seemed kind of dumb to have like, it seems like most of these two issues so far have been filler. I There's think been like little things in the background, but you could just you could have done all the setup for these two issues, like all the important stuff, like dance and the rules of happy, who happy is, how he got in the situation that could have been done in three pages in a really elaborate, well done flashback like well, they the, do in the third issue. It was a fun way to show to show and not tell, like to show what he's capable of. Right. But it was too long. Yeah. Um, and then the last page, you find out that um, Santa kidnapped these kids. So the, the shoveled sh- Santa that you see in the first issue, um, some kids are tied up. And he's like reciting a creepy poem. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was gross. Uh, then we get to chapter three, and they're totally on a Metro North car on the train. <laughs> it looks exactly like yeah, it's, well, yeah. the trains that we've taken. Yeah. If, if you go into New York City from Connecticut, you're going to be on one of these trains. Mm-hmm. Well. There's newer ones now. These are the old models. <laughs> um, this is one aspect where I will agree with Jeff with the sloppiness. I get what they were trying to do, which is to show all these conversations going on at once at the, on the train. Right. And how they're indicative of how Nick Sachs views the human race, which is like trash and, and like just bad people. Yep. So all these little bubbles are popping up with like people fighting with each other and accusing each other of cheating and and just different stuff like that but it was like a little annoying like trying to decipher what's the important part and who's saying what and and like where your eye yeah they could have used because comics you can do anything right so like they use the speech bubbles but without the little pointy part to show who was doing it so it's just like the crowd yeah they could have used a different color different shape there's moments could have used something in this comics where they fade out the text to like yeah. a light gray, and that would have been cool because yeah, it was just like saying. background noise. You can get so creative with it, and then just in the context of the comic, you figure it out as the reader, and that's that's one of the great things about this um, this medium is that you can do things you can't do in a book or on TV. That's true. Um, but I do think that so they and this is the issue where they went totally back and told you the whole backstory of Nick Sachs via flashback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I thought it was great because they did. They did a lot of the showing, not telling, and real quick too. Like in four pages, you knew his entire yeah. history. You 
you see that he had a job as a detective and he was happily married, but the job as a detective started to mess with his head because he saw things that people shouldn't see. You know, a lot of a lot of bad murders and just gruesome terrible, stuff. gruesome stuff. And he didn't want to put bring that, that home. Yeah, he didn't want to put it right. On his wife. So he bottles it up and, and they did a great job. Derek Robertson did an amazing job of showing that. Like with like yeah. in one panel you have him getting married. The he's next, super clean the next cut panel, and healthy and yeah, young. They're at their his they're at the house with his wife and he's happy. The next panel, there's like a murdered body. The panel after that, he's sitting on a bed with his wife all slouched down. And it really messed with his head, affected his marriage. It messes with him physically too. He physically, develops the psoriasis, then, he gets a paunch, he goes starts to bald. And mm-hmm. then he he cheated with Meredith the Duke Barkabu, whatever her he's name. Detective, his, his partner. partner Gets caught because he feels like he can share with her and be open with her yeah. in a way that he can't with his wife. That, but yeah. he gets—he doesn't just get caught. No, he gets caught. He knocked her up, and they just showed you know a pregnancy test in the garbage can. Mm. Lost his job. You're confusing things. He, Am I? yeah, he gets offered an opportunity to basically become a cop on the take by the mafia, and what they hold over his head is if you don't join us we're gonna tell your wife that you've been cheating like oh, they yeah. know yeah, you're right so they send an email to his wife when he refuses to go on the take yep but the pregnancy test isn't from his partner it's from his wife it's from his wife oh it's in okay. the garbage can at their house all right so but he doesn't that. know either i don't think no but the point is is that uh he then loses his job and gets his wife yep and this is all done within like three pages so you have mm-hmm. this entire story and it's done really well so it's weird because you have this but then you have two full issues of like filler we should also that. say because it becomes important later on that his partner meredith or whatever her name you is, don't know what side she's on she's kind of working for the mob well kind of on his she's side in the same really. position as him but rather than throw it back in the mafia's face and have her life ruined they threaten her elderly mother so she does go on the take yes but i don't think she's like she's not into it she's not a bad person she's not greedy because no, so, she does she's let doing him it go. to protect her she mother. like lets him go and then she has an excuse like oh he slipped right by me yeah um and then on the train they're they're trying to kill him and you know he catches them there's a lot of violence he kills people on the train there's a lot more stuff with the passengers um I do love how he shoots that guy. I was like, oh, that dude's pacemaker exploded. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I love that little line. And it's then funny. He, he basically jumps off the train. It stopped because of snow, starts running back towards the city. And this is where Meredith um, says that she lost him again. And then she gets fired by Mr. Blue over the phone for losing him so much. Yeah, so. there's one little thing I want to touch on, which is why I feel like they did all that stuff on the train with the other conversations. And it's um, a confrontation between Sax and Happy yeah. about how bad the human race is and how it's not worth it to save anyone. And it doesn't matter to save this little girl and all this stuff. And like when Happy come, they're like hiding in the bathroom. And when Happy comes out of the bathroom and sees all the conversations, he's starting to like deteriorate. Like his feathers are falling out. He's getting smaller and weaker and like falling to the ground. Oh, I skipped one thing, too. Before he leaves, the reason why he leaves the train is because he finds the newspaper. Right. And it has uh, Haley Hansen, Mm -hmm. which is his daughter. And that's when Happy reveals. Yeah. Yeah. So he finds out that Haley is his daughter. That's why he could see her because he could see Happy. Yeah. Because it's his daughter's imaginary friend. Yeah. Um, I think that. um... And Jim, you have the comic in your hand. Remind Mm -hmm. me. What happens either at the end of issue two or the beginning of issue three that brings Happy back to like full life? I I can't remember. It's something to do with him believing in him or something. Yeah, that's in issue three. It's not in in two. Um, well, we can segue into that. Yeah. So because um, issue two ends with Happy being basically like like crapped out sort of because he's starting to finally believe what Sack said that the human race isn't worth saving. Yeah. So at the end of issue two, we find out that um. Uh, Mr. Blue is in charge of the um, basically that disheveled Santa type of thing because he's on he's making like a basically a kiddie porn website, but like a snuff thing too, where they're gonna yeah. like hurt the kids. Yeah, it's it's messed up. Um, and from that, um, Nick is walking back into the city, and he walks into a church, and then he meets um a priest, and <laughs> this is just funny. Um, he meets a priest yeah who was watching it and then he looks into um he watches the screen and 
he sees a little blue light and he was like, oh, there's Happy. And then he's like, Happy, I see you. And then he just kind of appears like, so you he do comes believe out in of me the now. Screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, oh, so you do believe in me. And and basically, and Nick Sachs also punches the priest and stuff too, which is just a funny oh, scene as well. Shoots him shoots in, the head. in the chest, I think. Well, yeah, after that. Oh, um, he, yeah, he punches him first. And then like as the priest is crawling away, he shoots he him. He shoots him, yeah. So then the, the this last half of this last issue is there. It's kind of wrapped up pretty sloppily. Well, we're in issue three. No, we're the priest is in issue four. Oh, yeah, yes, it, we're at, we are in issue oh, four sorry. now. So then he goes. And I read finds, them all at once, so they blur yeah, together. I mean, for me, me too, but I took notes, and I'm not doing this from memory. Dan, I'm professional. <laughs> I'm a professional podcast. I'm doing a pretty guy. good job, guys. You are. I'm actually shocked because you don't have a memory, and he doesn't have notes in front of him. And I was like, <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be rough. Um, I thought that. Most of this issue, like with him confronting Santa and them fighting, it's just a lot of violence porn with pointless words and swearing throughout. Uh, like, I didn't read any of it. It's just lazy, boring dialogue. If you're going to do action, do action. Don't put these words over because there was no point to anything being said. Like this mm. Santa dude, like he's just he's just like the pawn for Mr. Blue. And this is really the issue I have with the comic. Yeah, like there's there's no, no villain. No, there's not. Even like they're trying to mm. like build this big like creepy like Mr. Claw from Inspector Gadget thing where we never see Mr. Blue's face, but really he's not even a great villain either. Like no, it's, it's the really whole not. the 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 focus on Sax and Happy really works for me, but at the end this big final showdown just sort of lets me down. Yeah, I think that's probably where a point where the the show kind of shines a little bit because it I think it it probably shows the dynamic between Happy and. Uh, Nick Sachs a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, there was like a cool splash page where earlier in the series, Happy talked about other imaginary friends, and he's like, well, I've seen some here and there. Um, and I get when Happy was gone, he round up a bunch of imaginary friends, which was a cool scene. They grabbed yeah. the Santa Claus, threw him out a window. Like, Well, okay. Sachs does that. Basically, they're just there to distract the Santa Claus because he's so methed out. And yeah, yeah. That he sees the imaginary friends. Yeah. But, I think um, that's really funny. It was funny. I wish there was like more to it i wish they had taken some of those pages from the poker game and from like some of those things that we complained about and given it more towards this stuff Yeah, because like it's comics just do that like mm -hmm. you can just you can film four guys sitting at a table it's harder to i mean with technology now you can but it's you can do weird crazy stuff like all these imaginary friends showing up so then after i wish that, we had a whole there's, there's issue a issue of that there's a standoff between him and mr blue you find out since meredith got fired she comes shoots blue in the head saves the day Nick is dead-ish at the end. It's really kind of a dud of an ender uh, ending. Because, like, yeah, they, they saved the kids. He gets shot, and yeah. he saved the kids, and... That's it. He tells Meredith, he's like, one last thing, to take care of you and your mother and take care of Haley. And we don't see what he says, but then the, sort of the epilogue is her walking into this Italian, what was it, like a cheese shop or? I a liquor it, store. Italian liquor store. Yeah, cheese shops, liquor store, same thing. Yeah. They sell things. Yeah, you, you know, Italian stuff. <laughs> yes, Italian stuff, he said. So anyways, she goes in there and she's like, I have a message from the Don. And she gives this phrase in Italian, which I didn't Google, but do you guys know what it means? Because I have a pretty Wait, strong idea. Wait, what was idea. it? Because I don't remember. I, I know Italian, not all of Ooh. it. Oh, Jimmy? Uh, La Pioma... Azuro Senor. Mr. Blue. Yeah, Mr. Blue. Yeah. La Pioma, though. Azure is blue. I think it's the blue feather because she's holding one of Happy's feathers. Well, Senor is like Mr. So yeah. it's something Mr. Blue. So, yeah, I don't. We should look this up. <laughs> I almost Googled it, but I was like, Jeff will know. He knows some Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, Jimmy. the brothers, brothers. I told you I knew Italian. Yeah. How do you spell that? <sighs> Great podcasting, Jimmy. You better keep all of this in. <laughs> Spell right, the so, Piora. So Jimmy's word. looking for the last page, which is difficult to find. P-I-U-M-A. Puma. 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 Feather. I called it. <laughs> that makes so much more sense, doesn't it, Jeff? Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Jimmy, please edit out that extraordinary amount of silence. <laughs> oh, I will. Um. So, yeah. This isn't my favorite comic. I wasn't expecting like you was guys to be like accident? amazed by it. <laughs> Did you accidentally talk us into this? No, I, I like it. I okay. think it's I think it's fine. And um, it's, did you pick it for December because of the Christmas theme? I was, was wondering the same. It. Yeah, that was partly because it. it's been on your list for a while. I was wondering why uh, you chose now. Originally, it was the TV show, but we haven't done a comic in a while, so I did the comic. Yeah, I okay. mean, he made a list. He checked it twice, <laughs> and he found out that we should like Happy. 
Jeff, do you have any overall thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm going to go back to something Jimmy mentioned about the TV show rounding it out because I did see that, but we're not talking about the TV show. Um, it did do a lot better than this comic. Um, mm. It did a great job of expanding on the source material without like making it its own thing. Like it's still, it was still happy, but it filled in a, like a lot of the things that we said, like you want to see more imaginary friends. Well, in season one, there's more imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know if season two is out or whatever, but I know I that think like, it's already out, weird. Yeah. Al did a voice of one of the imaginary friends. Um, <laughs> of course, you know that. Yeah, that's of course I do. Um, so yeah, it just seemed like, it seemed like it was missing not maybe not charm because comics don't need charm, but it was missing a lot. And I don't think it utilized the space that it had to. I don't know. It didn't do it well. I think um, I liked a lot of I thought a lot of stuff worked. I thought the the stuff, the relationship between Happy and Nick Sachs worked. I liked that. He didn't just convince him to be a hero because that happens in so many comic books. He still only did it because it was his daughter. Yeah. Which is pretty true to how people work. Like, he wasn't going to give up his entire life to rescue some random person. He That's not how his worldview was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I voiced my complaints pretty clearly about some things not being long enough and some things being too long. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to ask you guys. I think I might know these answers, but I'm still going to ask. You have to. Yeah. It's in your contract. I'm obligated, yeah. Dan and Jeff, did I talk you into Happy by Grant Morrison? Yes. Really? That's interesting. Wow. I liked it. It was was as good as I remembered liking the first two issues. I'm like, oh, I finally finished it. It was good. (laughs) No, I I didn't care for it. Uh, I would never read it again. I don't like Grant Morrison. Like every single time people are like, you have to read Grant Morrison. Like, this is great. I've never read one thing from him that I like. Um, I think some of his stuff works better than others. This has good ideas. Like, the ideas in this are good, and I know they work because the TV show was pretty good. Yeah. Not the greatest TV show, but I watched the whole damn season. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fine. It was, it's a great idea of you could, this one guy seeing the imaginary friend that's his daughter's, which is the spoiler I said earlier in the episode that we had to bleep out. Um, <laughs> It'll be at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, good ideas. Art was okay. Um, not. Oh, I like the Derek uh, Robertson art. He, he, he does layouts really well, but I wasn't blown away by it. It just didn't really do anything for me. It was just, I don't know. Wasn't great. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm not like huge on this. I think it's fine. I don't think it's like amazing. Um, I just wanted to do an issue on it or I just wanted to do an episode on it because it was something different. We haven't done a comic in a while and I like comics. I think we should do more of them. Yeah. And you know what uh, I like? What? what do you like? I like star Wars. But I haven't seen every Star Wars everything. You haven't. I have not. And Jimmy, I don't think you've seen every Star Wars everything. No, I have not. I have seen every Star Wars everything. Wow, you're a real Star Wars boy. I am a real Star Wars boy. And guys, there's something that I've been into for a while. I think I've mentioned it to you guys. It's something that on the surface may not seem like it's for you. But it's actually pretty good. Hidden under a layer of glossy anime inspired uh, art is a pretty good animated television show called Star Wars Rebels. Okay. okay. What is your level of exposure to Star Wars Rebels? I am always confused between uh, this one and what's the other one? Uh, Clone Wars or Resistance? Resistance, yeah. Resistance is newer. Yes. And is poopums, in my opinion. <laughs> is it doodums also? Yes. Okay. It's Duty McPoopoo. When does... When did because I know one of them takes place after Return of the Jedi. Which one does this one? Which mm, one is this one? No. So Resistance takes place in the new trilogy. I believe it takes place after The Force Awakens, but before The Last Jedi. Okay. Yes. Um, Rebels, which I am going to be talking you guys into, oh. takes place between um, Revenge of the Sith and A New That's Hope. That's what I thought. Yeah. But it gets there a little hasn't bit been murky. Anything else in technically, between those no, no, two no. movies? Hear me out. Technically, it takes place before Rogue One, but I'm not sure about Solo. That's what I'm vacillating on. Okay. It doesn't really interact with Solo at all, so it's not really that important. Primarily, what you need to know is it takes place right up until and including the Battle of Scarif. So it sort of overlaps okay. with Rogue One. Okay. Um, I saw the first two episodes when it first came out. 
wasn't super digging it. So I just, I just never continued. Not for any reason. I just, I don't know. I didn't have time. I didn't feel like torrenting it at the time. Um, but yeah, damn, where can we watch this though? You can watch this on Disney Rebels. Wait, on Disney Rebels. <laughs> wow. They made a streaming service one. that Just only has Disney, Disney Rebels. Rebels. Let's do it, guys. And it costs the percentage <laughs> that it's it's a micro cent. Yeah. It costs point zero zero two every month. USD. Yeah. Which stands for US dollar. Yep. Um no, it's on Disney Plus. Okay. okay. And I have it on Blu ray. That's I how I'm gonna watch to it. Um, I'm glad this is on Disney Plus um, because this has been on your list for well over a year since we started talking about this podcast. Yeah. And we just decided to do this and Disney Plus came out. So it's very convenient. Well, it's timely for that reason, but it's also timely because there's a new Star Wars coming out, guys. Star yeah, there Wars! Is. Talking <laughs> about Star Wars! I like Star Wars. <laughs> and guys, we're going to Star Wars hard. Yeah, I'm we a are. Star Warrer. No. So. I am asking you to watch the first seven episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Seven. Okay. I feel like that number was picked for a reason. Um, just looking at episode descriptions, they sort of launch something in episode seven that becomes important later on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm fine. It's through like 20 minutes long, right? It's not yeah, they're bad. not bad. A couple hours. Check them out. I think if you can get past some of the more... Like, Jeff's a fan of Clone Wars. Jimmy, yeah, have you seen fan. Clone Wars? No. Okay, so... Clone Wars was created by Dave Filoni and show run by him, mm-hmm. and so was Star Wars Rebels. Okay. I feel like I wanted to give you a few more episodes so you can get the feel that Filoni used Rebels to bring Star Wars Clone Wars to a new audience. Okay. So Re- Rebels starts off as a very much a new series aimed at a younger crowd, a younger viewer, and you could see that in the art style and the storytelling and stuff like that. But he quickly transitions into themes and even characters and locations and stuff from Clone Wars. So it's definitely a, becomes a sequel of Clone Wars. But you don't need to see Clone Wars to appreciate it. No. Okay. Um, we'll talk about it in the next episode. I don't think those connections become heavy enough by the first seven episodes. But Jimmy, if you do get talked into Rebels, maybe we should talk off mic about a few things from Clone Wars. Okay. Um. I also think they do a really good job of introducing ideas to Star Wars canon, this new Disney Star Wars canon mm-hmm. that become important in like later movies and things like that. Okay. Um, it's really cool to see like these are the earliest years of the rebellion. So when we see Leia in episode four, A New Hope, that's already like a fully fledged rebellion that's, you know, harassing the Empire. At this point, they're much more just like little guerrilla armies, like little groups, little splinter cells attacking the the empire. Makes sense. So yeah, I'm asking you guys to check out the first seven seven episodes available on Disney Plus. Watch them with an open mind. Get all Star Warsy. Get ready for our new Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and like them. Dan, where can people find the podcast online? Well, you could find us on Disney Rebels. Um, all of our it's podcasts a new streaming, are streaming. New there. streaming service that I'm we're launching it in conjunction with Lucasfilm and, and Disney. We're gonna get sued for launching it, but yeah. that's the risk we're willing to take. Yeah, it's worth <laughs> it. Uh, no, you could find us on on Twitter under the name um, Star Wars. Talk me into yeah. yeah, under the name so, Talk me in, at, at under the name, Talk under me into Star Wars. Look yeah. for Star Wars on yeah. Twitter. You'll, you'll find, find us. us. Yeah, uh, you could also find us at TalkMeInto.com or on Facebook under the name Talk Me Into. And if you feel so inclined, you can shoot us an email. You know, with your rebel buddies, talk me into at gmail.com. Yeah. Personally, you can find me on Twitter with the name Danny underscore breakdown. I am known as the CEO of Disney Rebels. <laughs> Jimmy, where can they find you? They can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N E B A F I T C H, on Twitter and Instagram. Jeff, how about you? They can find me on Twitter at J E F F F F F 27. Check us out on Patreon at Talk Me Into. <laughs> at patreon.com slash talking into we got guys there. it's late we're recording a lot tonight patreon talk me into do it we pickled some pineapples put the video up there we cooked some pie put the video apparently, up there apparently like the whole world thinks pickled pineapples are a gross thing everyone i mentioned this to it's not it's delicious sweet and tangy yeah if you watched it you would lovely. know yeah you would know there's also a bunch of audio yeah, you do can it. listen to. Do it. Jimmy's old erased podcast is yeah, up there. And up I there. listened to it. It's no, not erased. 
No, but like they talked about a race in the oh, episode. Got yeah. it. Are we going to put that on Disney Rebels? No. It's a Patreon exclusive? Patreon yeah. exclusive. Okay. If you want to hear a little Jimmy and his friends talking about bad animes, go do it. I did it, <laughs> so now you have to, too. With bad audio quality. Yeah. yeah. Pay for that bad audio quality, baby. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? All Disney the Star Wars. Rebels. All the Disney 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 Rebels. So put your sabers up. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week, it's Happy by, what's his name? Grant Morrison. Is it Grant Morrison? <laughs> I think so. Oh man, you guys. I thought it was Garth Ennis. You guys came prepared today. <laughs> um, I wanted to say who it's by, so it's not the, the TV show. I think you're right, actually. Grant Morrison. Couldn't remember if it was Grant Morrison or Garth Ennis. Okay. I'll well, try. don't have British names. <laughs> like, they're the most British names of all time. Yeah. All right. Let's try this over again. I know in the show, the girl that got kidnapped was his daughter. So there was, like, some heavier weight there. You just said it was, like, some girl. Um, uh, I think that is the, the <laughs> twist in this comic book. I might have to cut that out. <laughs> Just leave it in. That's my exposure. <laughs> That's all of our exposure. Yeah, cut that. That's a spoiler. Oh, it was a twist? Yeah. Oh, in the show, it was his daughter, like, right away. Yeah. I think it's a twist in the comic. Cause, okay. Because uh, from what I read, the first, like, couple issues, they don't address that, so I think it's coming. All right, so if you guys are listening to this, it's at the end of the episode. And Jeff effed up. <laughs> I don't know. True. Sorry, guys. You just gave, I, read I mean, comic. you gave show spoilers, so it's not technically comic spoilers, but... Eh, it's fine. Pause. I forgot to choose how many episodes you have to watch. It doesn't matter. We don't have to say that. Just yeah, be like, do. you can just be like, it's in the show notes. I'm close. Hold on, I have it narrowed down. Jimmy's gonna have to go beep 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 cut. Yep. Beep 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 beep. So what? You're not paying me. Just have to choose one. Just pick a number one to six. Random number generator. The first eighteen episodes. Close. No. Thanks for you for listening. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> Thank you.